Hey guys, Small Line on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you've noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise. You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up, Ben? Welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast. The first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the hero for you today, and while I normally have a co-host with me, maybe the villain, this season's a one-man show as we're covering Smallville, that's right, Mano y Mano. So last week we took a look at the ever-important third season of the show, and this week we're looking at the fourth season, which took a bit of a sidestep with the number of important episodes, as it has more of a preference for the first real seasonal arc. So... While it is very cool to see a story that is primarily focused on throughout the entire season by multiple characters, you also have to acknowledge how many filler episodes there are in Season 4, and to be honest, there's quite a few. So the problem comes down to the fact that the writers weren't really used to writing a primary seasonal arc, so when they aren't talking about that, you have quite a few non-important episodes. But we'll talk about the main storyline in Season 4 focuses on in a second. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Take it away, me. Welcome back. Now, as mentioned before, the fourth season of Smallville contains a primary seasonal arc. That seasonal arc can be compared to Infinity War because everyone in the season is going after these stones of power that when put together do something crazy. Not that the audience even knows what that is until the end, or at least they kind of get an idea of what it does by the end. So throughout the season, each character basically tries to head towards those stones for their own personal reasons, which we'll attempt to break down here in a second. But the fact of the matter is, there are three stones. The first is the Crystal of Fire. It can restore Kryptonian's powers and abilities and possibly break some magical spells. This was seen in the first episode found by Lex before being attained by Kal-El. The second stone was the Crystal of Water. This crystal, once activated or when it's touched, has two major properties. It can tra transpose the essences of two people touching the crystal at the same time, like in Transference when Clark and Lionel switch bodies. When the Crystal of Fire and the Crystal of Air are combined, the Crystal of Water transforms Lionel into a Kryptonian vessel for Jor-El, but that's not really seen until next season. The third stone is the Crystal of Air, which on its own, we don't really know if it does anything. But when all three stones are combined, it becomes the Crystal of Knowledge, which is essentially the crystal Clark uses to create the Fortress of Solitude in the finale. Or, I mean, that's what he uses at least in the first episode of the fifth season because he only throws it at the end of season four because they need a cliffhanger but it is what it is guys so what about the individual character arcs well let's look at clark kent because once again clark has very little importance in the long run and mostly just acts as a vessel to keep the show moving forward he's a superhero who saves people when they need saving there's little else to talk about when it comes to him 
Once again, the only other seasonal arc that Clark specifically deals with apart from the Stones of Power really comes down to his relationship with Lana, which is really only focused on in the second half of the season, and honestly, when things really start to get annoying between the two, especially given the fact that Lois shows up this season, and moments of flirtation are certainly seen between them in a few episodes. The first half of the season, and a little bit past that, Clark has no real shot with Lana as she's in a relationship with Dean Winchester, working under the alias of Jason Teague, or something like that. That's right, Jensen Ackles, the CW role before he accepted Dean in Supernatural. Other than that, the Stones of Power end up turning into some kind of stone that leads to the Fortress of Solitude for, for Clark. What's most important to realize Clark doesn't have any new power this season, which is kind of uncommon for Smallville, but it's unfortunate because the only thing that you really get new of this season is characters. When it comes to Lex, while the season started out with him having a strong arc, this season's kind of inconsistent with his progression. In the very beginning, we saw that his blood toxicity had to be cleared up after being poisoned by Lionel, probably, and that the poison would normally kill most people, giving us more hints that Chloe was right that he is some sort of meteor freak. He's also seen in Egypt uncaging one of the Stones of Power, later taken by Kal-El, like I said before. Both incredibly strong side stories, but both ignored in the long run. That's the last time it even suggests Lex needs to screen his blood toxicity, and as far as the stones go, his curiosity goes from what appears to be absolute obsession to mild curiosity back to absolute obsession by the end. He gets the map to the other stones, known as the manuscript, I think that's what it's called, and then he even clues Clark in on it, but he does ultimately keep the map part a secret. Lionel, on the other hand, had quite the interesting and sometimes confusing story this season. Starting off where we last left him off, Lionel's in prison for killing his parents. We all knew his rigid riches would eventually get him out of prison, but it's ultimately his transformation in the season that's notable. After being possessed by Clark in the sixth episode, his deathly liver disease is miraculously healed, which promotes Lionel to become a new man, a better man even. Up until this point, the mystery of whether Lionel was good or bad was never really in question. He was practically the poster boy for TV show villains, but this is when things start getting questionable. First of all, I'm not entirely sure whether Lionel remembers Clark's abilities or not. It's never really clear. The only thing that seems to be clear is that he truly did want to be a better man. But like so many times before, the only thing standing in his way is another Luther, his son. That's right, role reversal! Lex's distrust towards his father kind of converted Lionel back to the man that we all knew and loved to hate, or at least for now. His flip-flopping behavior will continue for a while, but let's not forget the other transformation that occurs during the end of the season, or at least a hint towards it, which is when he turns into the Kryptonian vessel for Jor-El. Woo boy! Next, we're looking at Lana Lang and J Jason Teague all kind of combined into one because anytime you see Jason, it's pretty much about Lana and same vice versa. So as usual, although it's consistently a mystery to me, Lana has a massively important storyline for the year. In my opinion, she left the show at the end of season three and she should have stayed gone and allowed Clark to grow as a character and even grow closer to Lois, but no, 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 no! She has to come back, hold part of the foundation in what makes season four, season four, overall keeping Clark away from Lois, and if we're honest with one another, Chloe. But anyway, 
Her story begins in Paris, where she is currently dating Jason Teague, played by Jensen Eccles. Turns out Jason is a son of Genevieve Teague, a mysterious woman that basically set up their chance meeting because of her devotion and obsession with the Countess Margaret Isabel Thoreau, a 17th century witch and ancestor of Alana's who takes over her body here and there throughout the season, as it has something to do with finding those stones of power as well as getting revenge on the Teagues, which, like, set her on fire back in the 17th century. Um, she takes over Lana's body through a mark of transference found on Lana's back, which looks like a tattoo. Now, even though this was integral story to the fourth season, it was only slightly interesting. Anytime you see Isabel, you're kind of annoyed because... Magic and witches just seem stupid on the show, but Lana's detective work into the past and the mystery surrounding her newfound tattoo was always kind of interesting and fun. The Countess's story ends in the finale of the season when she finally gets revenge and kills Genevieve Teague. Chloe? Chloe finally had a pretty interesting and important arc this season and no it had absolutely nothing to do with any stones of power she's one of the only characters that cared very little about those stones uh her arc actually had to do with clark and no not about her infatuation with him earlier on in the season she actually discovers clark's secret after alicia baker betrayed clark's trust and showed chloe uh clark used his powers in a ruse to get her to write an article on him which she declined of course she's his best friend. The greatest thing about this was unlike most shows, Smallville included, while the character discovers the secret, they don't confront the person in question. She wants Clark to trust her and tell her in his own time, so she keeps the fact that she knows what he can do from him in hopes that he will eventually confide in her. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. At least not in this season. The rest of the season, she gives hints that she knows more than she's letting on, but never outright says what she knows. She even keeps Clark a secret from um, others by covering for him at times, and Clark doesn't even question it. Of course not. And now we're going to talk about Lois, because yes, Lois Lane is finally here. And just like Lex's inclusion in the show, I was always put off by the traditional sense that these characters aren't supposed to be in the town of Smallville. They aren't even supposed to know Clark during this stage in his life. But they work so, so well in the show from a them thematic and tonal sense. Uh, they have such great chemistry together, so in a way, I couldn't even imagine the show without them in it. That being said, Lois basically took over Pete's role in the show. She's mostly the oblivious sidekick that doesn't realistically serve much of a purpose on the show. However, she works so much better than Pete as far as behavior, attitude, and chemistry with everyone in the show. She's also focused on a little bit more in general, so while she might have not much of a seasonal importance, the sheer knowledge of what she'll mean in the future gives her a bit more credence overall. What about the Kents? Thanks for asking. Well, weirdly enough, the Kents didn't really have a storyline this season when they usually do. They mostly just resorted to the good old farm parents teaching their boy life lessons, which is all fine and dandy, but this isn't a season you'll remember much for the Kents. They don't have many quote-unquote moments to remember overall, and even Jonathan's heart problem is basically ignored. That and the fact that this season has as many filler episodes as it does makes for quite the forgettable experience overall for, for the Kents and even just episodes. 
I just can't believe that before re-watching this season, I distinctly remembered this season as being one of my favorites. It's clearly because the first episode, the six episodes, and part of the finale, but for only three memorable episodes, that's not exactly what you'd consider the best when it comes down to seasons, no matter how memorable those episodes were. And they were memorable, don't get me wrong. It should also be recognized Bridget Crosby's appearance, while short-lived, was almost as iconic as Christopher Reeve's, given how it's Margot Kidder, who uh, played Lois in the classic film series with Christopher Reeve. She needed a better role, uh, ultimately speaking, but it's, it's nice to see her there. By far, Smallville had the best history with cameos from Superman's past. Apart from the season in question storylines, there's also a handful of what I like to call series landmark episodes. Um, so the first episode was the first landmark episode for a variety of reasons, but probably primarily speaking, it was because Clark flew for the first time in something that wasn't a dream state. Yeah, it wasn't technically Clark, it was Kal-El, but that entire montage had me gasping the first time I saw it, and even how many times I've seen it since, it's always amazing. The buildup of music, the use of camera to build up tension, and the flight itself was all some of the most memorable sequences in the entire series. It's also a landmark episode for the introduction of Lois Lane, who appears in the rest of the series, and a new version of Kryptonite, Black, which is the transference type, splits people up, puts them back together, was also introduced in the first episode. All, all of these things are actually, in a way, landmark for the rest of the series. The second landmark episode was episode 5, which introduced The Flash. This one was Bart Allen, as I'll talk about later, but anyways. He'll show up later on, but it's mostly important to notice that The Flash means something pretty substantial for Superman, for DC Comics, uh, as a whole. From a bigger picture, from just the show on its own, he, he means a lot, so that's why it is a landmark episode. The sixth episode is also a landmark episode, or at least I think it is. I consider this landmark because it's the episode that Lionel learns Clark's secret when they switch bodies. The moment they switch back, it's hard to tell if he even remembers the secret or not, as it's not really approached in the season. But in my opinion, I think he remembers. The twelfth episode of the season had Chloe learning Clark's secret, which sets up her entire storyline for the remainder of the season and series as a whole. The 22nd episode and finale is the final landmark episode, as most finales are. This episode is a landmark episode primarily because of the second meteor shower. I'll be honest, I'll forget, I forgot that the second meteor shower even happened when I rewatched it, but I do recall it being pretty important regardless because of what the meteor shower brought down. I originally thought the episode would be a landmark episode based on the Fortress of Solitude, which is what the Crystal of Knowledge creates, but that doesn't even happen until the fifth season premiere. This episode, it's it's all about the second meteor shower and everyone's final attempts to get the Stones of Power. But those are the landmark episodes. Let's go ahead and break down episode by episode season four. Okie dokie guys, okay so the first episode of season 4 is called Crusade. I call this one the one where Clark freaking flies. And yes, I include the word freaking because he freaking flies guys! Um, there's so much 
that goes on in this episode that's memorable, that is important in the series altogether. It's the introduction of what this season means for everybody watching. So basically the introduction to the Stones of Power has Clark flying for a little bit of fun fact. We have Lana's tattoo, Black Kryptonite. Um, we find out Lex survived being poisoned. We get the introduction to Jason Teague. Uh, we have a little bit more of what's going on with Chloe's disappearance and the idea that she survived her house blowing up. Um, yeah, there's so much going on in this episode. In general, it's just a really, really fun episode. It's very important, so absolutely one of those episodes that you can't miss when it comes down to the season as a whole. The second episode's called Gun. I call this one the one where they save Chloe because in general, the first and second episode are a, a two-parter and it's all about finding Chloe, saving her life because her, she's in risk because Lionel's basically trying to find her first and kill her. So it's kind of like this cat and mouse game where somebody has to find Chloe first. The important things that happen in the episode, well, we have more on Lana's tattoo. She sees it in a photo. Um... This, she sees the same symbol on the cave walls where Clark is taking a picture. Um, and J uh, at this point, Clark learns about Jason Teague in general. <laughs> Fun fact! Uh, Lois knows Kung Fu. This is the first time you actually see uh, Lois fighting in the series. Because, you know, if they are a Smallville girl, they know Kung Fu. Well, Chloe doesn't, but she has fought in the past and she's held her own. Um, also, the villain in this episode is basically T-1000 from um, the second Terminator movie because they have the whole metal arm that can turn into anything and it turns into the big blade. Yeah, I wonder where they got that. Anyways, very important episode as well. So, but that's obviously, that's what you basically, yeah, whatever. We're just going to talk about the third episode. Episode 3 is called Facade. I call this one the one with the plastic surgery. So this episode, eh, you know, it's not that important. I think it's mostly filler. It has some important elements to it, like we have a little bit more on Lana's tattoo. She sent uh, books on hieroglyphs and krypton symbols to herself at the Talon, and she finds out that the tattoo itself isn't ink, so it's something more alien in nature. Uh, you also find out that Jason Teague is the new football coach at Smallville High, which kind of makes the whole Lana and dating Jason thing a little bit of a uh, controversy, but it is what it is. The whole episode itself is mostly filler, meteor freak stuff. It's about this girl that finds herself ugly and uses uh, kryptonite in her plastic surgery to make herself pretty and there's very little else to talk about with that the only thing that's interesting to note we have a little bit more of chloe's depression over clark uh and uh whitney's in the episode randomly because there's a flashback to see uh freshman year of smallville which is cool to see him in there and it's cool to see lana wearing the krypton uh kryptonite necklace but overall it wasn't that necessary just interesting to note Episode 4 of Smallville, Season 4, is called Devoted. I call this one the one with the love potion, and it is what it sounds like. There's a kryptonite-infused uh, Gatorade or something which acts as a love potion, so anybody that drinks it falls in love with the first person they see. But for the most part, everybody falls in love specifically with one of the cheerleaders. 
Um, except for Chloe. When she drinks it, she falls in love with Clark. When Clark drinks it, he gets sick because it's kryptonite. Anyways, there are some important things in here. So I would say that this is mostly important, even though the main storyline is kind of forgettable. We have more of what's going on with Clark and Lex. They have some frenemy stuff going on because in the last season, Clark said their friendship was over. Lex tries to win his uh, trust back by buying the football team New Jersey by giving Clark the files he kept on him way back when by showing him the empty obsession room so by saying hey look I'm done looking at you I'm done investigating you and Clark blindly accepts the motions of the oceans and says okay we're good we're friends again um other than that, we have more of the Lana and Jason thing. He gets the love spell and almost reveals the Lana bomb to everybody around him, which would get him fired, but he doesn't. Um, what's memorable about the episode, we have Chloe in a cheerleading outfit, which is fun. Chloe Lovestruck in general is pretty memorable in the episode. Um, this episode also had Chloe's traditional seasonal kiss with Clark every season. Clark basically flies and gets kissed by Chloe. Or kisses Chloe, rather. It's it's one of the others. Anyways. But yeah, I'd say that this is mostly an important episode because it does have things you need to watch in order to understand what's going on in the season as a whole. But the whole love potion thing, not that memorable. The next episode is called Run. It's the one with the Flash. Uh, so it's one of the landmark episodes. We have more of the Lana, Lana <laughs> tattoo and Jason. So Jason finally notices the tattoo for the first time it was like when did you get that and then uh both of them visit the case together and look at the uh the icons or the symbols on the wall the ones that match her tattoo and she explains to him what happened op- overall we have a little bit more of the lex story with the infinity stones or her powers of stone rather because he gets the manuscript for the first time the manuscript has a hidden map to the other stones that Clark can see with his x-ray vision. And uh, later on, Lex sees it too because he's able to scan the document and see it anyways. Um, what's memorable about this episode? We have the Flash. We have a sequence where the Flash runs on water. There's a part where the Flash can run twice as fast as Clark, kind of telling you who's the faster runner between the two. Um, this is one of the only moments where we have a little bit more of a hint that Jonathan does still have heart problems as he's taking heart medicine. Um, And it's also interesting to note that this is not Barry Allen. It's one of the only versions of The Flash that we see in media that is actually Bart. Bart is a crook. He's not Barry who's a forensic guy who's a good guy. He's more of a crook. He's more of a guy that is shadowy at best. So he makes fake IDs. And his fake IDs include Barry Allen, Jay Garrick, and Wally West, who are different flashes altogether. It's interesting to note, kind of ridiculous, but now that you watch The Flash on the CW, but it is cool to note that they did mention those names. The sixth episode is called Transference. I call this one the one with the body swap. It's one of my favorite episodes of the series. I do consider it a landmark episode, like I mentioned before, because Lana learns Clark's secret, and it's funny. It's funny when they switch, and the way that they shot it is also really, really smart, because at least when it comes down to um, Clark's scenes, they had uh, the guy who plays Lionel play out all the scenes first, and then Clark would come in 
and replicate what Lionel did. That's that's like twice the work for as far as acting is considered. Um, it's important because it's an introduction to one of the Infinity Stones. Um, they this is the one where they switch bodies and a little bit more of the Jason Lana tattoo thing. Lana does some more research. Clark finds out that Lana and Jason are dating. So there are some important things that happen in this episode. So um, it's just a fun, fun, fun episode. Funny too. Um, a little bit more of Chloe's depression over Clark not dating her, and that's mostly because of Lionel's fault. Because when Lionel's in Clark's body, he flirts with Chloe and then just teases her and walks away, which has her really depressed. Which is so sad for Chloe. I'm sorry. Um, also, in a way, because he is no longer himself, Clark has no powers. So every season, that's another thing that's kind of traditional every year. Clark loses his powers in one way or another. This is his episode where he kind of loses powers. The next episode's called Jinx. It's the one with Mr. Mixopitalik, or whatever. He's a famous Superman, Superman villain, in a way. And, uh, he's not exactly the same thing as, say what you would see in the comics not even close but there are some interesting things to see in this episode it's it's completely filler but there is something interesting it's more or less hinted that he is a magical creature that he's not really a meteor freak so magic is actually affecting clark you'll see more of that in the next episode but this is more or less hinted in this episode uh also a little bit more on 33.1 which is one of the luther corp levels that they uh investigate you know meteor freaks but overall very 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 filler episode and the only thing that you're gonna remember as far as this episode goes is the fact that it's mr mixopitalik and that's it episode eight is called spell i call this one the one with the witches okay so it is kind of memorable i'll be honest with you it's i would call it infamous for being badly memorable i don't like the witches episode but it is what it is. Uh, we have more on the lace. Uh, J- Lana tattooed Jason the whole thing. Lana orders her witch ancestor lady's spell book, which kind of helps her become Isabel. So she turns into the witch, and as a witch, she sees Lex's manuscript, mentions the stones, and she goes to Clark with the information. It's another magical episode, like I said, but it's more obvious because it's witches. And it's very obvious at this point that Clark is vulnerable to magic. So in addition to kryptonite, he's vulnerable to magic. If you want to call that landmark, go right ahead, but I'm not going to. Uh, This is one of the first times you see a little bit more of the Clark and Lana will-they-won't-they. As Lana's a witch, she kisses Clark. Mostly, I call this mostly filler, to be honest with you. Yes, there are important aspects to it, but I think it was made just for fun because it doesn't really add much to anything other than the fact that you you get the idea that Isabel can possess Lana. And that's really it. That's just more of a hint of what's to come. So, mostly filler. Bound is the ninth episode, and this is the one with Kobe Smulders. I was actually surprised. I've seen this episode so many times, but uh, Kobe Smulders has only come into my radar over the last couple of years, really. So it's really interesting to see her in Smallville. She was the villain of the episode, um, and she basically sets Lex up for murder. Remember the episode of the Who Done It with Lionel? 
that's kind of what happened in this episode. It was a whodunit, but basically charging Lex with murder instead. This is also Jane Seymour's first appearance as Jason's mother. Uh, she was... Why is this interesting? Well, it's Jane Seymour, first of all. And also, she was in a movie with Christopher Reeve called Somewhere in Time. So it's really cool to see that element. Six Degrees of Separation and whatever. A little bit more of Chloe's depression intimacy with Clark because she's recreating the elevator love sequence that was seen earlier in the episode. They don't kiss, but they get close to it. Um, But overall, I would say this is a pretty filler episode other than Jane Seymour showing up. And at most, that's a hint towards a hint, and that's it. Uh, Jane Seymour's actual importance in the episode is very, very minute, if anything at all. So I consider this a completely filler episode. Scare is the 10th episode of the season. I call this one the one with basically the Scarecrow formula. So if you're familiar with the whole Batman villain scenario, Batman begins and all that there's a villain called scarecrow who has this formula that scares people into seeing their worst fears and that's basically what this does it there's a this formula that makes people hallucinate their worst fears um and the only thing that's actually you know somewhat interesting is lex's worst fear and it's basically the same exact vision that the uh blind um, fortune teller saw when she touched Lex's hand. He's the president. He's in the White House. He's got that glove for his hand. He walks outside, and instead of it just being raining blood, he sees a nuclear war. The interesting thing about the nuclear war that he sees is it's actually footage that the Smallville people bought from the Terminator 3 movie when uh, Judgment Day was happening. So what you're actually seeing in this episode is... Terminator 3 Judgment Day. Very cool. Uh, We have more of the Clark and Lana will they won't they stuff. But that's basically just a hallucination that Jason is seeing. Um, And we have a little bit more on Chloe's mom. The idea that she's kind of crazy in a mental institution and Chloe's about to suffer the same fate. That's her worst fear. Um, This episode was really uh, revealing for personalities. But it does very little else as far as importance goes. So yes, another very, very filler episode. Unsafe is the 11th episode of the season. I call this one the second one with Alicia Baker. Alicia Baker was in the previous season. She found out Clark's secret. She can teleport and everything, but she's also obsessive about Clark. And she basically stalked him and found his relationships with all his friends to be threats to her so she started trying to kill people that's her story she showed up again in this episode and it's a completely filler episode again it mostly it i don't know the most important thing to uh, mention here is clark gets married while under uh the influence of red kryptonite that alicia did for him it was illegally married married so the idea is they just got annulled because of it um, but honestly, that's it when it comes down to important things that happen in this episode, because it's a completely, honestly, filler episode. If anything, you could ask, it's a, it's a Clark personality thing. Will he, or won't he ever find happiness with somebody who knows his secret? Uh-oh, 
Pariah is the 12th episode of the season, and it is a landmark episode. I call it the one where Chloe discovers Clark's secret. It's also the third episode and final episode with Alicia Baker. So she went from a completely filler episode to a completely important episode. What's important to note in this one is that even though she's kind of a villain, she's also not really. She's a victim of her circumstances because nobody believes her when it comes down to the murders that are happening around town. So she does what she does because she's angry, but she's actually innocent uh, when it comes down to the crimes happening in the episode. Uh, A little bit more of Jason and Genevieve, but it's really the most important thing is when Clark catches the car in midair and Chloe discovers Clark's secret. Even though a majority of the episode's not that memorable, that part is, which makes it a landmark episode uh, overall. Recruit is the 13th episode. It is the one at MetU, Metropolis University. And it is completely, absolutely filler. Even after watching it again, I kind of forgot what even happened in the episode. Um, the only thing that important might have happened in the episode is Lex tells Lana he found an image of Jason meeting his mother a day before he met Lana, which puts into question where Jason's loyalties lie. But as a whole, this is a very forgettable, very filler episode. Ouchie. Crypto is the 14th episode of the season. It's the one with Crypto. If, if you're even familiar with Superman comics... Uh, Crypto is the dog that Superman has. It's, it's basically a dog that has Superman's abilities, at least in the beginning uh, of the season. He loses his powers later on, but it's only slightly important because Crypto is a DC character. It's interesting that he's there, uh, but the only thing that actually is important, it happens at the end of the episode, which is when Genevieve reveals that she knew about Lana's heritage, thinks Lex hired Jason to get the Stones of Power, and Lionel says not to trust Lex and gives Jason the map that he found of the manuscript. This is all very important. It leads into the next uh, episode or so, but the actual episode about the dog is relatively forgettable like i said so for the most part it is mostly filler other than that last ending scene now sacred the 15th episode of the season i fought back and forth with when it comes down to landmark episodes it's it is very very incredibly important for the season as a whole but it's not important for the series so that's why i didn't consider it landmark so we have the information that Dr. Swan is now dead. You find out that uh, Jarrell tells Clark to collect the stones at this point. And as far as the stones are considered, Lionel shows Lana the map that he showed Jason in the episode prior, tells her he gave a copy of the map to Jason. Um, And Lana ends up with the stone at the end of the episode. But the whole thing is pretty memorable but the most memorable sequence is when Lana and Clark sword fight while she is Isabel. So while she is a witch at this point, it doesn't really feel like it. I, I feel like she... I, I feel like it... I don't know. It, it felt much more realistic in this episode. It didn't feel like one of those classic, boring United States witch stories 
her putting on that Chinese kimono or jacket or whatever and using powers and fighting Clark felt more natural than it did before. So I actually liked it this time around. And the whole part that this takes place in China is really, really cool and really memorable. So yes, it is a very important episode for the season. Lucy is the 16th episode of uh, Marvel Season 4. I call it the one with Lucy Lane. And let me tell you guys, not everybody loves Lucy because Lucy is kind of a forgettable character. I consider this a mostly filler episode. Uh, You just find out that after Jason gave Lana the stone, she acted like her entire apartment was ransacked and the stone was stolen just so she could have the stone for herself and not even allow Jason to know she did that. Um, Honestly, that's it when it comes down to importance. Um, There's a memorable sequence when Clark super leaps onto a moving truck, which is used in future season intros. But honestly, guys, once again, mostly filler. The only thing that was important was when Lana ransacked her own apartment to hide the fact that she stole the stone for herself. That's it. Onyx is the 17th episode, and it's called The One with Two Lexes, or at least that's what I call it, because black, black kryptonite is used, and the two Lexes split apart and fight each other, and one version of Lex is evil, and one of version of Lex is the nice Lex. Um, mostly filler episode. Fun episode, but mostly filler. Uh, a couple important things to note. Uh, Lex kisses Lana in this, which is more or less uh, proving to us what we thought all along that, you know, Lex has these feelings for uh, Lana that he wouldn't tell her about before. And uh, we still don't really know too much about that until a later season as well. Uh, also, after a fight with Lionel, good Lionel has apparently left the building with Elvis and is back to his old self. What's memorable about this episode? Uh, other than the fact that there's two Lexes, uh, there's the memorable line that we hear all the time, I am the villain of the story, spoken by Lex. It's used in so many advertisements, marketing, uh, commercials, and things like that for Smallville after that point. Uh, it's a really good episode for character development and what Lex is capable of, but as far as importance goes, it is a very mostly filler episode. Spirit is the 18th episode of Smallville. It's called The One with the Comatic Possession, or The One with the Prom, I guess you could call it, since this is senior year of high school. There's prom. There you go. Um, But I call it the Comatic Possession because we have somebody who goes into a coma and their spirit can possess anybody they touch. Um, there is importance to this episode. The whole coma thing is tacky and forgettable and meteor freak inducing, but the important things that happen in this episode is that you find out that Jason is working with his mom. Uh, they took care of Bridget Crosby's body, which was found burnt to a crisp, so that's the end of her story, I guess. And if we find that he has the stone of power that Bridget took from the dude from prison in the transference episode. 
more of the Clark and Lana stuff. They dance at prom for absolutely no freaking reason other than we need to have more of Clark and Lana. Oy vey. Oy vey. Blank is episode 19. It's what I call the one where Clark gets amnesia. It's mostly filler, but it is a very, very fun episode. Uh, he loses his memory completely, and Chloe has to Clark sit and help him remember things. But uh, during this time, Clark starts to realize he has powers, and Chloe helps him through that process. It's really nice, because um, at the end of the episode, she says... Um, to Clark that he trusted her when she's been wanting him to trust her throughout the season and he hasn't. Uh, that's just one of the few times she hints at him that she knows his abilities, but he's just like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever that means, mysterious person. Um, what's important in this episode? We have more of Clark and Lana, of course. We Even in his amnesic state, Clark falls in love with Lana again, sigh. And uh, depression, uh, Chloe notices, of course, and Clark says, this time it'll be different. Whatever the heck that means, Clark. So this is a mostly filler episode, but it is fun because Clark gets to act differently than he normally does. The next episode's called Ageless. It's episode 20. I call it the one with the rapidly aging boy. Also mostly filler, uh, but you find out that evil Lionel now wants the stones and is willing to kill to get it as proven with his attempt to kill Genevieve Teague with poison. Um, that happens at the end of the episode. The rest of the episode was pretty darn filler, but it is interesting to, to see because it's the one with the boy who was basically dying because he kept on aging faster than his body could handle. Fun. But, again, mostly filler. Episode 21 is called Forever. Uh, I call this one the one with the replicated high school. I do consider it mostly important um, and kind of fun. It's the one where this kid is so obsessed with high school that he recreates the entire set of the high school in a factory and kidnaps students to live the rest of their life in high school because he's weird. Uh, I think the real reason was because colleges rejected him and so once he left high school his life would be over so he wanted to live the rest of his life in high school with his favorite classmates uh, which included Chloe and Lana. Uh, J- Jason and uh, Genevieve kidnap Lex and Lionel in the episode, though, to give them the stones. This is where the importance comes down to. Lionel eventually tells Genevieve that he gave the stone to Lana because she's the chosen one. Jason's also about to tell Lex what Clark is. I'm not entirely sure how he would know, but Lionel shoots him before he gets the chance to tell Lex under the guise that he was returning the favor of saving his life earlier. So the idea at this point is... Maybe Lionel does remember Clark's secret and was protecting his secret when he killed Jason, or at least shot Jason off the cliff. Jason's not dead at this point, but you don't find that out until later. Um, But that is very important for later seasons. But yeah, mostly important, kind of fun, 
it is what it is. Episode 22, the finale of the season, is called Commencement. I call this one the one with the second meteor shower because it's a landmark episode with a second meteor shower that brings in another spaceship. You don't find out what's in the spaceship till later, until the next season. It's also the last episode with the power stones. You find out what happens when you connect all the stones together. It creates the crystal of knowledge, which transports Clark into the Arctic, and he throws the stone, which ends the episode. And we all know what happens when Superman throws a stone or a crystal in the middle of the Arctic. It creates the Fortress of Solitude. It hasn't happened yet. It won't happen until the next season, Uh, but that's what happens. Also, it's the last episode with uh, Isabel. So and the tattoo removes from Lana's body and all that fun stuff. Super important episode, super landmark episode. Uh, not as memorable as I thought it was because I thought the uh, the fortress shows up in this episode. It does not. It's just a second meteor shower. But overall, it's a it's a decent season for having so many filler episodes. Honestly, I mean, I you can call it what you want. It's unfortunate that it does have these forgettable episodes and filler episodes, but those episodes that are important are seriously good. They are very, very good, and it makes me want to just look past the fact that it has those filler episodes because these sequences in this episode are so memorable above the rest of the series, honestly. That it's 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 hard to complain about the season. I don't know. I don't know, guys. But that was uh, season four of Smallville. Um, make sure that you tune in next week on Smallville on the Outside. We're going to be talking about season five of the show. Can't wait for that. Um, and make sure that if you like this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to it. Follow it. Uh, tune in next week. You know, like it. Review it. Tell your friends about it all the jazz and then uh yeah I'll, I'll come and see you guys next week peace out guys have a good week